It is a great day for Talk Radio. Look forward to Wednesdays with our friends Ernie Eves, the finance minister and one-time premier, as well as uh, John Turley Ewart, who I said prior to the break, you know, uh, you did... uh, you were the editor with the Financial Post and the senior editor, I guess, with the uh, the National Post. There was a, an interesting piece from a former colleague, I guess, Lauren Solomon, saying Trump's tariff war has one surprisingly strong supporter, Adam Smith. You know, the invisible hand and all that. But Smith was also the one who was an advocate of free trade as long as it was fair trade. He goes on to say no political leader anywhere in the world is truer to Adam Smith's prescription for free trade than Donald Trump. If you're being uh, dealt uh, or being traded with unfairly, then you've got to impose tariffs and sanctions. Give a listen, because this was a clip from earlier today where Donald Trump, I guess, was asked about uh, having a sit down directly with Justin Trudeau. Did you reject a one-on-one meeting with the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau? Yeah, I did. Why? Because his tariffs are too high and he doesn't seem to want to move, and I've told him, forget about it. And frankly, we're thinking about just taxing cars coming in from Canada. That's the mother load. That's the big one. Uh, We're very unhappy with the negotiations and the negotiating style of Canada. Uh, We don't like their representative very much. All right, uh, that was on Global National, defense of Trump's trade approach. Is he following? Well, I mean, look, uh, we're going to get hurt. We're going to get dusted up here if this doesn't work. Uh, I'm not sure Adam Smith would have would have uh, suggested that you approach trade negotiations that way, but okay, continue. Well, the point, the point though, being is if somebody is, look, uh, he usually cites places like China or even Europe. Uh, you want to get your cars into there, it's a 25% tariff. And then they send stuff back. The Europeans, they only pay a 2.5% tariff. It doesn't seem like it's a level playing field. So he's right to impose uh, penalizing tariffs. And this is what Adam Smith also suggested way back when, uh, when he talked about free markets. Well, So I, I think it would be hard-pressed to equate the, the, the well-thought-out work of Adam Smith with Donald Trump's thinking. But... <laughs> Stormy Daniels around then. You used to edit the paper. Would you have nixed this column then? No, I wouldn't have. So where there's a parallel is that Adam Smith would have argued for open free trade. You know that's what we do. That's what the British, uh, you know, help build their 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 economy on in in the the 18th and 19th century. Mm -hmm. And so what Trump said, I believe it was to either I think it was the G20 several months ago. He said to them all. Let's just have no barriers. Let's right. get rid of them he all. Did, but they and didn't they all go kind for of it. looked at him like, ah, uh, no, I don't think we could do that. He kind of called them out right away because what happens is every country has their own, uh, you know, uh, lobby that they want to want to placate so that they can uh, secure votes in, in the elections that they need to win. Uh, you know, Quebec and 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 the cheese and and dairy uh, produce has been very important for the for federal uh, parties, both conservatives because Andrew Scheer apparently supports this and. Uh, uh, so does uh, Trudeau. Uh, but clearly, um, you know, tr- uh, this is where Trump is uh, attacking their Achilles heel by saying, you want free trade? Let's have total free trade. And they're saying, whoa, whoa, we only want certain kind of free trade. And that's that's a problematic uh, part here. All right. Well, you know, he's uh, threatening now to scuttle NAFTA, as you just heard in that clip from Global National. There was a report from uh, J.P. Morgan. Uh, Chase, uh, the big bank, says if there's a NAFTA blow-up, it could sink the loony by 10%. Ernie, you were a finance minister as well as a premier. I mean, uh, would a devalued currency, some are surmising, could go down to 65 cents. Would that be a bad thing? Well, the answer to that question is yes and no. I mean, it depends who you are. If you're somebody who's exporting goods, um, you've got a healthy advantage with the with the dollar, so you can do fairly well. 
On the other hand, if you're somebody that has to import stuff, you're in deep doo-doo. <laughs> or, or if you want to travel outside of Canada, it's not going to be so wonderful either. So I, you know, I don't think it's there's an overly simplistic answer, but it's I sat on this program for the last several months. I don't know how the Bank of Canada can possibly set interest rates without knowing what the outcome of NAFTA is going to be. Um, you can't go around raising interest rates only to wake up, you know, 15 days from now or 35 days or 107 days from now and say, oh, geez, the whole NAFTA thing blew up. Now we got to lower interest rates again. Why don't you just wait till you find out the facts before you make a decision as to where this thing is probably going down the road? To talk about your previous point about Adam Smith and free trade, yes, Trump did challenge everybody in the G7 to have total open free trade. But the fact is, the United States of America itself is one of the biggest protectionist governments in the entire world, and they've never believed in total free trade. They subsidize the hell out of their agricultural industry, as they do with many other industries. They're extremely protectionistic. So if you want to have total free trade, no tariffs, no barriers, no nothing, no extra charges, let's have it. And there are going to be certain industries in this country that do very, very, very well, and others that are lost other business and the same thing's going to happen in the United States of America but I don't think Donald Trump thinks any of this stuff through it just sounds like a neat little clip that I can get on the six o'clock news 10 second clip or 30 second clip he doesn't understand that with respect to the automotive industry obviously by the clip that we just heard that there there's a billion dollars a day going back and forth over the ambassador bridge the overwhelming majority of that's automotive parts and industry going back and forth between US and Canada every day and if he imposes this thing he's going to actually hurt his own automotive industry as well as the one in canada but By he doesn't way, seem to get it you alluded to the uh winners and losers in this totally open free trade scenario uh who would the losers be well the losers in canada may well be some of the agricultural sector for sure um and who would the winners but, but, be? but that may that may be true of many other countries as well. New Zealand always seems to have been very aggressive with respect to certain agricultural products and dairy products. Um, so you really have to think this through. There's a reason why, as John said, different countries want, I think virtually every country in the world has some aspect of protecting its own agricultural industry or certain aspects of the agricultural industry. Nobody in France wants to know that French farmers are going to be out to lunch tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And nobody in Canada wants to know that, you know, people that produce dairy products are going to be out to lunch tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. I think that's the issue. And so I would agree with the prospect of fair trade. There's no doubt about that. It should be fair. And if you're going to have trade between countries or among countries, I think everybody has to treat, treat you know, approach this with a sense of... Uh, of fairness. Let me ask uh, on the matter of uh, the U.S. of A. The Fed today uh, did raise the uh, interest rate 25 basis points from the current range of 1.75 to 2 to between 2 and 2.25. 2 uh, 2 uh, and they say there may be as many as three more hikes coming, and by 2020 it may be as high as 3.5%. Uh, so when you said, Ernie, in the absence of uh, knowing what's going on with NAFTA, what can the Bank of Canada do? I mean, where does that leave the Bank of Canada in a reactionary state here? Uh, 
relative to the American or the Fed's hike. Uh, where do you see interest rates going, Johnny? Well, I, I would think that they're going nowhere at the moment. Uh, I think raising rates again in Canada uh, is going to be very problematic. And when we don't have a deal with the U.S., let's say worst case scenario, you have tariffs put on the automotive industry. What that does is it, it, it auto- immediately makes it harder for people to uh, pay their, their loans or mortgages or car loans, all that kind of stuff, because the jobs associated with that are immediately hit. Right? You don't want to have high interest rates because that's going to make it, again, more expensive to pay your debt. Then you're going to have to bring down uh, the debt. Then there's going to be a squeeze on credit. Like I'm, I'm telling you, this is a really big deal. About 30% of our GDP is tied to trade with the U.S. So you think about it. You're a Canadian bank. You've been pulling back on the credit and the mortgages you've been given because the government told you to do that for the past couple of years. And so the interest rates that have gone up have helped you increase your margins because you've made a bit more money. But all of a sudden, you're going to have uh, interest rates come down because Bank of Canada has been rising, rising them a little bit too much. That's going to crush your profit margins and you haven't bring, been bringing in the volume of credit and you're going to have to reduce the credit and you're going to have to create more room for bad loans which again eats into your profit margins like this is this is a really big deal all right uh there are a lot of big deals happening uh the canadian justice system has a lot of people perplexed when it comes to uh, somebody guilty of first-degree murder and a horrific death of an eight-year-old back in 2009 sent to a an Aboriginal Healing Lodge in Saskatchewan. I just wanted to switch gears or maybe pivot onto that point and uh, one or two others before we kind of call it a day. Ernie Eves, John Turley-Ewart, we'll come back with that in moments on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.